0: Welcome back in to Believe in the Wolfpack. I am your host, Luke Nichols. Happy to welcome you back in. Again, I would be happier, but uh, NC State, the men's team, lost to Wake Forest 83-79 this past Saturday, and I am officially into spoiler mode. I am ready to display spoiler the rest of the year. I've kind of came to terms with it. Probably not a chance. We make the we make the tournament. So why not just, you know, mess it up for the teams that have a chance like Clemson this Saturday, play Clemson this Saturday, throw a loss their way. That's going to hurt their seating for the tournament. That's going to even possibly hurt their chances to make it. They'll probably make it, but that's going to hurt their seating. Maybe give them a tougher road. Then you have Syracuse, who might be a bubble team. You beat them, you know, maybe hurt their chances, keep them out of there. Uh, and then North Carolina and Duke at the end. Maybe you pull off an upset against one of them, drop them down or, or a spot or two in the seeding for the tournament. Maybe, you know, instead of playing, I don't know, the uh, 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 <laughs> Southern Mississippi Valley State Technical Institution, I don't know, uh, they have to play, let's say, let's say Kentucky which also Kentucky really isn't playing that great either, um, but would rather, play Can- would rather play the Southern Mississippi Institute, Technical Institute of Scholars than Kentucky. So, you know, why not? I mean, it would be cool. It would be cool. Like, I still want to win games. Like, I still want to, you know, pull off these upsets because they're exciting. I'm not just kind of phoning it in, which kind of am because at this point I'm convinced that, you know, there's no chance to make the tournament. I mean, if there was any chance, this loss and even the past loss uh to Pitt kind of just closed the door, closed the book on to next year. A three-point loss to Pitt, and then a four-point loss to Wake Forest, where Hunter Salas scored 33 points. He was 12 of 17 from the field, four for six from deep, with six boards, two assists, and two steals. Four out of their five starters were in double figures. The only one was Reed with nine points and five boards. And he played 24 minutes. Also, the least amount of any of the starters. So I I I mean, my God. just putting up them putting up any three points. And even then, DJ Horn, like he had 31. That's great. He shot 13 to 21, 4 for 7 from 3. DJ Burns had 14. Michael O'Connell played all right. Mo Diara off the bench. 13 points, 12 boards, and 3 assists. And a steal. He was perfect from the field. He played 33 minutes. He went 5 for 5 from the field. But then it's... Then you got Jaden Taylor. He played 35 minutes. He had 7 points, 6 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals. Which is a pretty good stat line if you just don't look at his shoot like if you close one eye i got it up on my second monitor if you just close one eye and you kind of look at you know the points and the rebounds and it's like oh that's a pretty good game but then if you take it down and you see that he went three for 15 from the field and one for eight from three you're like oh kind of kind of makes sense now but i don't know like it was still shot well 49 percent From the field, 35% from three. Mo DR went two for two from deep, and then 72% from the free throw line. So I tried to tell you 40% can't happen again, but (laughs) Wake Forest had pretty much double uh, our free throw makes. We went 8 for 11 from the line, they went 17 to 21. It's another just like, I don't know, like, it's just so upsetting. It's just annoying. It's like, y- 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 you're right there. You were leading at halftime. And then you get outscored by 10 in the second half, lose by four. It's like, oh, my God, you had it. You had this win. Leading, going into halftime. DJ Horn was playing great. He played great the entire game. Mo Diara gave you a spot. Like, ugh. It's, just, it's it's bad. It's just very upsetting. But at least they will have a nice rest as they sit at 15 and 9 now, 7 and 6 in the conference. They are just barely still in the top half of the ACC conference standings. Um, but what are they now? 2 and 6 in the last 8, I think that is. No, two and five, two and five in the last seven. So it's like, what are you going to do? What do you, it, it, it's not good. But again, you have a bit of rest until you have to play uh, Clemson this Saturday on the CW network again. But maybe, you know, with that much, you know, rest, you're just ready to go against Clemson and then boom, you pull off an upset, you play a little bit of spoiler. That would be nice. That would be fun. That would be enjoyable. I would have a good time personally. It is at Clemson. Um, so what is it now? Six games left? Yes, six games, or seven games. Seven games left in the year. Clemson, Syracuse, Boston College, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, and then the last game against Pitt, who we just lost to. Good times, better times going over to, you know, oh, wait, no, we can't do the women's team yet. Going to do the top 25, the new top 25 that just dropped today. Uh, Some more movement again. North Carolina actually dropped since they lost the past week. Tennessee dropped. Duke actually stayed the same. UConn and Purdue are still one and two. Houston is the new number three. Marquette is the new number four. They were as low as what, 15, I think, at one point. Uh, because they started off the year in the top five, top four, but then dropped, like, instantly. I think they may have lost to Villanova? Or some team that just isn't playing too well this year. I think they dropped the game to them. Uh, Kansas dropped to six. Arizona jumped up to fifth, so they're making their way back up there. Iowa State is 10th now, and South Carolina is 11th now. That's huge. That's kind of cool to see. Uh, Illinois is down four spots to 14. They've been struggling as of late. St. Mary's into the top 25, I think. Or were they in it last week? But whatever. They are 18th now. Wisconsin. Ooh, Wisconsin losing to Rutgers. Getting smoked by Rutgers. They're 20th now. They were, what, fifth or sixth? Two weeks ago? My God, I thought they were looking great. I thought they were looking good. They barely lost to Purdue, and I'm thinking, like, oh, it's not too bad. You barely lose to Purdue. It's like, all right, you can live with that loss. But they got smoked by Rutgers. That was tough to see. Virginia into the top 25. Uh, Florida, oh, and Indiana State, that's what I was looking for. I was like, where are they? I knew they were in here. Indiana State in the top 25 for the first time since the 1979 season, I believe, the Larry Bird years. so pretty cool. good for uh, good for them. And some more teams dropped out Utah State, Texas, Tech, San Diego State and New Mexico. So 22 through 25 all dropped out of the rankings. And you're just a ton of new teams. Oklahoma's back in it. Florida Atlantic is nearly dropping out of the rankings. They dropped four spots at 24, and Kentucky is now 22nd. Kentucky is struggling. And I want to say I called this one out a little bit ago when they barely beat Arkansas. I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you did I wasn't believing in Kentucky. Earlier in the year, if you asked me, I was like, all right, yeah, you know, they got they're a classic Kentucky team. They got a ton of young talent, and they'll probably piece it together as they go. They have not pieced it together as they have went. So <laughs> it's tough to see. Especially for Kentucky. Because when they're good, it is fun to watch them. It's kind of like Kansas. Like whenever Kansas is good and like winning games and not choking in the tournament, it is fun. I'm in the minority, I feel like, at times, where I like seeing the great teams be great outside of Duke and North Carolina. Don't really want to see that. Um, But I like seeing Kentucky, like, be great. If Purdue, maybe not so much Purdue, just because, like, you know, they're they're just constantly choke. I actually, that is the one team that I don't want to see be great. I would love to see Purdue losing the first or second round this year. And then another massive upset just comes their way. That would be hilarious. But like, uh, like UConn, like do I think they're going to win the championship this year? No, but like if they make another great run and have a chance to repeat, that would be awesome. Like that would be really cool to see uh, just, you know, especially in college basketball where, I already kind of said this, but having a repeat champion is so rare, is so rare nowadays. So not so upsetting, but a little surprising that Kentucky has not been able to piece it together. But moving on to the women's Wolfpack, uh, last show I was recording during the Virginia Tech game where I don't think we led at all no i think we led like early in the first quarter and that was it after the first quarter i don't think we had a lead again for the most part it felt like virginia tech uh was in control of this game so i don't know i'm not too worried about this loss uh kitley for, for virginia tech was fantastic though i remember seeing the end of it she had 25 points and 13 boards i remember- remember now but just by looking at it uh, and then three steals and two blocks that's great. Uh I mean we you know, could have played better obviously but like I'm not going to freak out about this loss. And plus like as I as I James really kind of kept us afloat in the first quarter so if any error in the first half so if anybody else really shows up uh and 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 contributes in that first half we probably pull this one out. But Virginia Tech is a good team, and this was the last game in a three-game stretch of top 25 uh, conference opponents. So, this was a tough stretch of games. This was the third game of a top 25 opponent within a week. So, I'm really not too worried about it. Virginia Tech came in, and they looked like they were ready to go. They looked like they wanted this win. Um, but Women's Wolfpack, 20-3 and three on the year, 8-3 and three in the conference. Or well, I'm an idiot. Twenty-one and three, nine and three in the conference. I don't know why I was reading the record after the game, because they beat Pitt. They destroyed Pitt. <laughs> beat them eighty-three to forty-seven. The second quarter outscored Pitt by twenty-four points. <laughs> it was a thirty to six scoring differential. <laughs> and from there, just kind of cruised. <laughs> so uh that was uh that was nice to see. It was like this felt like an easy game. It really felt like an easy game. Although Zoe Brooks did play very well. She had eight points, nine assists, and four rebounds. I love that she's always a triple-double threat now. After getting that triple-double in her first start months ago, I, it's awesome seeing her just always just feel the stat sheet and just be that triple-double threat. It's great. But River Baldwin with a good game, 15 points, seven boards. Uh, Mimi Collins, 13 points, Madison Hayes, 16 points, gave Isaiah James the night off. She only had five points, and we still won by a million. So that was cool to see. So this was a very, you know, just you got to get a bounce back win after losing to a tough opponent. Where Virginia Tech, I think they're first in the ACC now. Yeah, they're first in the ACC. They're 11-2 and two in conference play and 20-4 and four overall. It's a great team. That is a fantastic team. I have no real issue losing. Well, I have an issue because we lost, but I, I I'm not surprised. I'm not, you know, saying the world is falling. I'm not labeling this team as, you know, you got to start playing spoiler like the men's team. But um no, Virginia Tech was a very good team and it is just, you know, pit pretty much bottom of the barrel. They are near, wow, well, just nearly bottom of the barrel. One and eleven in ACC play, and then seven and eighteen overall. The only team worse is Wake Forest, zero and twelve in the ACC play, and then four and twenty overall. So <laughs> that close, you, you, you're right there. You got one person behind you. That's just you know, <laughs> that's saving you from being the true worst in. Uh, the conference what is virginia tech ranked now they're 12th now so that jumped them up four spots nc state dropped back down to six dropping three spots which eh, whatever i'm tired of complaining about the top 25 rankings even though i never will be tired of complaining but maybe just in this moment i am <laughs> but now texas is ahead of them stanford and ohio state Iowa is still ahead of NC State, but they dropped two spots as well. I think they just lost to Ohio State? No. Who did they lose to? Was it Nebraska? I'm seeing red. Nebraska. It was Nebraska. I was seeing red and a Midwest team. That doesn't really narrow it down for Big Ten teams, but whatever. Um, Texas is ahead of us. Stanford and Ohio State. Those are the three new teams that are ahead of the Wolfpack. South Carolina is still number 1. They crushed Yukon on Sunday, dropping Yukon down four spots to 15th, but South Carolina is still they're still 23 0. They're still ridiculous. They're still uh, they still have a very clear path um to 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 the Final 4. And honestly, thinking about it now, maybe once march madness rolls around whoever their first round matchup is whatever the spread is i might take south carolina to cover i don't care there's a very real chance it could be like 70 and a half 65 and a half there is a very real chance it could be 60 65 plus and i'll probably take it and there is a very good chance that they cover in my mind but Going to take a break for a moment. When we come back, going to go over the Super Bowl. Happened last night. Got my prediction right. You know what I'm saying? You know, don't get many things right. But when I do, this one feels good because it's a Super Bowl. So, you know, obviously, can end the NFL season. 1-0. Sure. We'll use that. But stick with us here on Believe in the Wolfpack. Alright, welcome back in. Believe in the Wolfpack. Gonna wrap up the show. Just going over a little Super Bowl recap and my thoughts on it. So the Chiefs winning 25 to 22 in what felt like one of the longest games ever, even though I would have taken a 10-hour game just because we're not gonna get football until August now. But I'm cool with it. Although it did feel a little long. Um 25-22. Honestly, my initial thought is I feel very bad for Jake Moody more than anybody else, I think, the Niners kicker, just because that dude wasn't really great all year. It seemed like he got a lot of heat from the 49er fans all year, and even from uh, his own team. I feel like at one point they were thinking about replacing him or kind of wanting to replace him, and he was incredible in that game outside of one blocked extra point which truthfully in the grand scheme of the game yeah the Chiefs ended up with a field goal that if he makes that extra point it doesn't go to overtime but Chiefs probably would have scored there rather than being you know a little passive and taking the field goal which I actually had a problem with the Chiefs doing that I think they could have gotten one more shot off um, before taking the field goal because they had that one timeout. And Mahomes did miss Rasheed Rice right in the middle, but uh, I I think they could have got one more playoff and tried to score and been a bit more aggressive and ended it there, but whatever. Um, I do feel bad for him because he he did have the longest field goal in Super Bowl history for about half an hour, (laughs) maybe, and then Butker just drills a 57-yarder, so it's like, damn, that stinks. Um, But he was great. And he was a very real candidate for Super Bowl MVP if the Niners were gonna win. I truthfully think it would have went to Juwan Jennings if uh if they did win, because he had a passing touchdown, he had a few solid catches, and then he had a receiving touchdown. He had he had you know, pretty much he had both touchdowns for them. <laughs> like... <laughs> Probably should have went to him or Jake Moody, the guy who was incredible. And none of his kicks really – I mean, again, I'm that's another missed one. None of his kicks that got off past the line of scrimmage uh, looked like they were going to, you know, slant or curve. Like they barely got in. Like I thought the Harrison Butker one, the 57-yarder, I didn't think that was going to go in. I think it was just a line drive, just like flying, just, just speeding towards the uprights and went in. Um, but I feel bad for Jake Moody. I'm trying to think. Uh George Kittle, I feel a little bit bad for just because like, I don't know. He, he he seems like a seems like a cool dude. And most tight ends seem like, you know, cool dudes, the whole like uh tight end university camp thing they do, tight ends day and all. It just, you know, uh, it does seem cool. The one thing, the one part of the game where I think lost the Niners the game is actually when they came right out of halftime, when they came right out of halftime, the Chiefs were down 10 to 3, I believe. I'm pretty sure it was 10 to 3, and or was it 10 to 6? I, I, regardless, they're coming out of halftime, and the Chiefs started with the ball. They received at a halftime. First drive at a halftime. I think it was only three plays, three plays. And then Mahomes throws the interception on third down. Tries to force it into Kelsey. Throws the interception. Guy comes down with it. The guy for the Niners who came down with it was already in the Chiefs' territory. They were already in the opposing team's territory. So you only needed a few yards before you can get a field goal. Before you can, you know, be confident about sending Moody out there and kicking a field goal. Bad play. Doesn't get anything. Then they got a false start, another bad play. Then they don't get enough to get them in range of a field goal. And then they had to punt the ball in the Chiefs' territory. You were on the other side of the field, and you had to punt the ball away. And it was the right call. It was about a 4th and 11, I wanted to say it was. It was about a 4th and 11. You didn't gain any yards on that drive after you got the interception coming out of the half in the game that you were bare minimum up by four points pretty sure it was seven points I'm pretty sure it's 10 to three at that point but still you didn't get any points off of that you're thinking oh great Mahomes is gonna start with the ball he's gonna march down the field they got their halftime adjustments they're gonna they're gonna score on us in a second nope you picked him off in the third play and then got nothing from it Absolutely nothing from it. You can say, you know, oh, the muffed punt was terrible. The blocked uh, extra point, yeah. But you at least get three points right there. It is an entirely different ballgame. You had all of the momentum in your favor. When the Chiefs were punting the ball away, it, it, They didn't. The, the Niners didn't have as much momentum as they had when they picked him off. It was his first interception in, what, two years? And you squandered your opportunity, did nothing with it, did absolutely nothing with it, which I'm not putting this all on Brock Purdy, that drive specifically, but I do kind of feel like he deserves a bit more blame and criticism than what he's got. For the most part, I've seen relatively positive talk surrounding how he played and the game that he had. The first quarter, he was phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I thought he played great in the first quarter. After that didn't look too great. He had a few balls where, you know, he didn't really have much and he kind of just chucked it in the dirt. I couldn't really tell if it was just, you know, an intentional incompletion or just putting in a spot that he thinks only his receiver can get it. But a few balls that a few balls that really weren't that great, a few deep balls I feel like he could have hit. Like the one early to Debo. I thought Debo had a step on McDuffie for a moment. I don't know if this is just Trent McDuffie being an all-pro cornerback and being even I mean he's all pro, but he may be underrated at this point. Even though is it makes no sense. I know, but that dude balled out. He had a he had a real argument to be Super Bowl MVP as well. That play where he uh, uh, blitzed Brock Purdy, where he takes the two steps back as Purdy's looking at him, and then just fires out of a cannon straight at him on third down, knocks the pass down. They get that first down. They chew that clock. Game over. Niners win. McDuffie sold that perfectly. But back to my point. I thought Purdy he didn't play great but he didn't play bad. He kind of played exactly how I expected him to play and he expl- and he played exactly how I view him as a quarterback. He played exactly like in my mind when I think of Brock Purdy and how he plays, I think of this game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I mean, look at Mahomes. Just, just. I know this is a, just. This is. A, have you ever seen that uh, one picture on Twitter where it's the <laughs> nuclear bomb versus coughing baby? It's kind of the same thing here. Trying to compare Brock Purdy to Patrick Mahomes. But look at Mahomes. Mahomes took chances, even in the first quarter, throwing a fifty-yard bomb to McCole Hardman. Mahomes took chances, he was scrambling out of the pocket, he was trying to evade pressure, he was making risky throws, he even threw an interception because he was trying to convert on a third down and just take chances. It never really felt like Purdy was taking a chance and letting it fly downfield for a big play. Hey, let me give my guy a one-on-one chance. Ayuk, Debo, Kittle. Absolutely nothing that game. Absolutely nothing that game. Didn't do a thing. What did Kittle have? Four receiving yards? Didn't do anything. And, I, I mean, I, you can blame the receivers as well, but, like, and, again, Spag, Spagnola is one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. Easily. I mean, that man's a genius. The third down blitzes, the the, the disguising coverages is incredible. Um, But I do think Purdy needed to take more chances. I do think that uh, this was a game where you look at Brock Purdy and you think, Okay, yeah, this guy might be just a game manager. Which isn't the worst thing in the world. We've seen worse quarterbacks win a Super Bowl um, than Brock Purdy. I mean, Trent Dilfer, I think, with the Buccaneers? Or was it the, with the Ravens? Regardless. I, if, but you just need an elite defense. You have the weapons around him. You just didn't really have the elite defense. And you also went against Patrick Mahomes. But... I don't think he deserves all the blame. I just th- I just think he deserves more criticism than what he's getting right now because I don't I don't think he played that well. Um as for the Chiefs, I mean uh to me that it never felt like they were out of the game. When it was 10 to nothing, I knew they weren't they weren't out of the game. I knew they had You know, just as good of a chance to win that game as if it was zero to zero. Ten to nothing to them is nothing. They were down by ten in every Super Bowl that they've won. Being down by ten is nothing to them. They could care less. The game doesn't start until they score. Uh, That's them in their mind. The game does not start until they score. So I mean, Mahomes is just unbelievable. Mahomes is the second best quarterback of all time, and the only person—it's just Brady. It's just Brady that is is in front of him because of the seven – Brady doesn't have seven Super Bowls. It's it's, it's Mahomes. Mahomes is the second-best quarterback of all time. He is the most talented quarterback of all time. And you can tell me, oh, he doesn't have the numbers yet, like Aaron Rodgers and Montana and, and Peyton Manning and even Drew Brees with the passing yards. He doesn't have the all-time numbers yet. He is well on pace to just shatter – all of those numbers. Most of these quarterbacks today are on pace to pass these guys in, in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Uh, I, I, listen, even Dak. Even Dak is going to be most likely top 20, top 15 all-time in passing yards because these guys are in the day and age of you know passing and, and just constantly throwing the ball downfield. But my point about Mahomes and Brady, the first seven seasons – Mahomes has been better by far. It's not even really close. He's tied Brady in Super Bowls. He's got more Pro Bowls. He's got more MVPs. He's got more All-Pros. He's got more Super Bowl MVPs. He's got a- any stat you can think of for a quarterback. He's got more of it. Also interceptions, but whatever. He's got <laughs> he's got more touchdowns, passing yards, completions, better completion percentage, better yards per attempt, better yards per game, everything. He is well on pace to shatter all of those records and he has the same start with the Super Bowls. Now, when you think of Brady's Super Bowls, he had him in the early 2000s when he had that incredible defense, and he really wasn't Tom Brady yet. It took him 10 more years after that third Super Bowl for him to get another one. I, it, you know, it was probably it, – it's much harder to think that Mahomes is going to go on a 10-year drought than I think it was for Tom Brady to go on a 10-year drought. If that makes sense, because Tom Brady, like I said at the time, really wasn't Tom Brady that we think of today. He was more so of like a, a solid and above average, a good quarterback. Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. In my mind, I'm penciling. I, I'm just going to pencil him in for at least one Super Bowl in the next two years. Maybe they three-peat. Maybe they, you know, be the first team in the NFL in the NFL to three-peat ever. Maybe. I don't know but I'm penciling him in to either win Super Bowl 59 or 60 just because after watching this team, this was probably the worst, not probably, this was the worst offense the Chiefs had, and they won the Super Bowl. This is the worst season the Chiefs had with Patrick Mahomes, and they won the Super Bowl. The defense was incredible, yes, but the offense still had to make those plays. The offense still had to be up to- or put up 25 points. He is unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He is turning into Thanos. It is ridiculous. He is so good. Back to my point about appreciating, you know, greatness when teams are great for college basketball like Kentucky. At this point, I can't even be mad at it. I just kind of have to appreciate it because <laughs> he is um, he's going to play for at least 10 more years and uh, you'd be we would all be foolish to think that he wouldn't get he's not going to get to at least 5 Super Bowl wins. It's ridiculous. One last note on this game the 49ers taking the ball at the start of overtime is one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in the Super Bowl in almost any game. So maybe the interception not resulting in points is second on my list, but not taking the ball is so stupid. What are you thinking? And the fact, and them saying they didn't know the rules is either making you look like the dumbest organization in the NFL or it's a cop out and then you're making yourself look like the dumbest organization so there's no win here by saying that why would you say that <laughs> it would be better if you were just a regular team that lost and blamed it on the refs you're you're saying that you didn't know the rules after it was changed a few years ago because of a Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes game <laughs> What are we doing here? (laughs) But not taking the ball is just downright idiotic. You get a field goal. I get the thinking of touchdown, touchdown, once you get the ball back, all you need is a field goal. But if you score a touchdown and the Chiefs march down the field and score a touchdown, they're gonna go for two. Why would they let you have the ball back? All they need is two yards with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and even Rasheed Rice, who I think is gonna be Probably a Pro Bowl receiver next year. I think it's going to be great. But they're going to go for two and win the ball game. So why take it and then kick the field goal? Even then, when you kick the field goal, you were inside the 20. It was about a fourth and four. You're going against Mahomes. You kind of have to assume he's going to stroll down the field and score a touchdown just like he did. Throwing a touchdown to Miko Hardman. How about him? Good for Miko Hardman going from the Jets to to the Chiefs. <laughs> Talk about a turnaround. I can't imagine from the beginning of the year. You tell a Jets fan, yeah, Michael Hardman's going to score a touchdown to win the Super Bowl. They're going to be elated. <laughs> oh, what a weird season. But you take the ball every single time. And even on that fourth and four, maybe there's some fans that would have went for it. I know a guy who would have went for it. He's in Detroit, and he probably should have been coaching in this game. At least I wish he was coaching in this game. It would have been incredible (laughs) but the Chiefs win congratulations to them third Super Bowl for Kelsey and Mahomes Kelsey is I mean a top two tight end it just really depends if you have him at one and who you have in front of him at one you can probably make an argument for Gronk or Tony Gonzalez so Good for him. He's incredible. That last run that he had, I thought, in in the fourth quarter, to really just set them up for that close field goal to send it to overtime, I thought he was going to house that. I thought he was scoring that. I thought he was just going to just like truck that dude, which he kind of did, but that safety made a good play. I thought he was just going to run him over and walk into the field or walk into the end zone, and then everybody would have just exploded. That would have been pretty cool. Um, But congratulations to them. At this point, I'm just going to pencil them in for being in the Super Bowl again a year from now. Maybe not make it. But they're the Patriots now where – or they're the new-age Patriots where the season for the Chiefs doesn't start until the playoffs. It might not even start until the AFC Championship. But, again, for NC State purposes, get back to the main focus here. Next game for the women's team is against Notre Dame. Number 16 Notre Dame now Um, this Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I don't remember when the 15th was. This Thursday at 6 o'clock. And then for the men's team, not a game again until this Saturday against Clemson. But thank you for joining me on this 21st episode of Believe in the Wolfpack. And we'll see you next time.